0: Uh, so growing up I'm the son of a truck driver and um, growing up I got to go to pretty much every truck stop in the southeast at one time or another yeah I've been called honey uh, pretty much in every state and uh, one of the things that always would happen to me is I would get come to these truck stops that did not have sweet tea they didn't have saccharine tea like I was raised on and so I would try to sweeten it and you know that if you're the proper way to sweeten tea is you do it before you make it cold I mean that's everybody knows that right you wanna you want to just saturate that stuff with sugar while it's hot so you can just get all that good stuff melted and uh, and basically well we used to call it diabetes in a cup but um, but the truck stops didn't do that they would give me iced tea and the iced tea just won't won't absorb as much sugar and so I would be pouring it in there pouring it in there and uh, occasionally one of the, the waitresses would walk by and, and I would ask for more sugar. And they would look at me and say, honey, you've got enough sugar in there, stir what you got. Uh, stir what you got. And so I would stir it up real fast and drink it before I had time to settle down to the bottom. Last week we talked about kind of developing our character. And, uh, and it could have brought up questions for you. Uh, you, you could have had, you know, kind of wondered, aren't we, isn't uh, faith enough? Uh, and, and, Ricky, haven't you kind of drilled that into our heads for the last 15 years, that we don't add anything to our faith, that faith is enough? Uh, and the answer is yes. I hope you know the answer is yes. Uh, but faith is not alone. Faith doesn't come alone. And all of these things that the text in, in first Peter, 2 Peter are telling us to do, God's already given them to us. You're not going out somewhere and getting them. You're, he, he gave them to us with Jesus. And so if you are struggling with those, then, and, then really you need to remember the wisdom of every truck stop waitress in the southeast. Just stir what you got. You've got it. Don't be afraid to stir it up. Don't be afraid to, to reach in and, and ask the Lord to, to pull it out of you. Uh, this text is, is wonderfully rich, and it is uh, a little bit confusing, so I thought it was both rich enough and confusing enough uh, for us to study it for a few weeks, actually. We're going to study this all the way up until... Uh, RUF Sunday which is in uh, the third week of, of February so just kind of looking at and sitting on and, and kind of parking our car here and pulling out each of these virtues and, and looking at, at how the Lord stirs them up in us and we're going to start today with this very mysterious I think but, but important verse add to your faith virtue add to your faith virtue so please stand as we read from 2 Peter 1 Three through eleven. Hear the word of the Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thus far, the reading of God's word. May all, uh, every, all flesh is as grass, and all man's glory is the fly, like flowers in the field, and the grass withers and the flowers fall, but not God's word. God's word stands forever. You may be seated. All right, I'm going to tell you what's going on with me so you won't be confused. Uh, like ten minutes before, no less than that, like five minutes before we walked over from the office to, to the sanctuary, my ears just stopped up. And so, I don't know, it's just kind of got me confused and a little bit disoriented. But we'll be fine, we're going to get through this together. So... What does it mean to, to stir what you've got? What does that mean? Uh, it means that you have this character within you, but you have to activate your faith to bring it out. You have to activate it to bring it out. You, it, it's there, but you're responsible to... Uh, To work with the Holy Spirit who empowers you to to change your character, to make you different, to bring out these godly qualities that God has already put within you. Uh, You see, developing character is difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult uh, outside of Christ. It's difficult inside of Christ. And there's a lot of confusion about it, I think. Uh, There's this idea that, you know, what, what Jesus does is he saves us from sin. Uh, but if you want to be a good Christian, then you start working on your own. And Jesus is over here like kind of like the mascot of the team. You know, we're back here on the field. It's our job to score the touchdowns, but, but Jesus is over here, he's we're the Jesuses. We're the Christians. You know, and and, and the Holy Spirit, he's the cheerleader, you know. Spirit, God Spirit, let's hear it, you know, and he's firing us up so that we can do all the work. And and that's not it at all. It's very different from that. Uh, And it's also not kind of a quietism where we just pray and, you know, uh, wait for God to work and change us. I I had a friend who was really struggling with an addiction, and he he said he he got to the point of, of, and this is a man who walked with the Lord for a very long time, but he he just said, God, if you're not going to change my desires. What good are you? And I said, well, where do you think that prayer came from? That was the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't have prayed that without the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't even want those desires to change without the Holy Spirit. But He's not just going to do it for you. It's not like you sit down and wait for Him to, to move. If this pulpit were sin, I hope it's not, uh, Then it's not a matter of, all right, Jesus, you fired me up and I'll move it, and it's not a matter of, all right, I'm not going to touch it, Holy Spirit, you move it. It's it's more like I grab it, and the Holy Spirit empowers me to move it. I have to to make the effort. He's given us the things we need. He's changed our character. He's given us the right desires, but we have to take the effort. now some of you are saying I've tried that and it didn't work especially uh, some of you are just hearing be good develop your character. Uh, maybe you're like um, you know Benjamin Franklin who tried to tried to try tried to perfect his character on his own and, and failed miserably and it was really just uh, depressed over it um, And if that's you if you've kind of... Maybe church is just one of the things you've added to your life to try to make yourself better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be a better husband. Better wife. Better human. Uh, And and you find yourself falling into one or two categories. The first category is just failure. And you... You're disappointed with yourself and you try harder and you're disappointed with yourself and you try harder and that was that was entirely my whole life in college or especially through my sophomore year I was just trying to renovate my character through godliness and everything I tried I just failed miserably at and I had quiet times and I went to Bible studies and I had Bible verses taped to my wall everywhere and I um, I spent the summer trying to help the poor and and working at a, in a in a home not a homeless a uh, a child a youth ministry that was d- dedicated to the people who lived in the housing projects and uh, and the day I threw a basketball at one of the kids I was there to help I realized I'm not good at this nothing's happening and I, and I burned out terribly and maybe that's you or maybe you are somebody who has just stunning willpower and you actually have been able to renovate your character you're one of those people who who doesn't you know buy a new pair of shoes and run twice and then use them for walking shoes and then use them for going to Walmart shoes like I do but you, you run every day you decided you need to have a quiet time so you had one every day you decided you wanted to stop smoking so you put a cigarette down and never had another urge and uh, if you ran, you probably didn't smoke, but you know, you get it. And you're one of those people with willpower, and you look at everybody else, and you're like, why are y'all so lazy? And you see what happened right then? You just fell into this huge sin trap called pride. You, you became conceited, and you look down on everybody else who wasn't one of you, and, and you you keep finding yourself in, in one of those two pits. And if that's you, then I want you to know that the, the point of what happened on the cross is this. Jesus was punished for your failures. He was punished for your failures. He took the blame for you. Uh, when I was... In fourth grade, I remember this dramatically. I remember exactly how old I was because it was the last spanking I ever got. Um, I was in fourth grade, and it had snowed, and the snow had been on the ground for a little while and gotten warm and cold, you know, and basically turned to ice. And, uh, and so me and my neighbors, it was all their fault. They stirred me up to bad works, and we went and hid behind the, the hedges uh, in my next-door neighbor's house. And we started throwing snowballs at cars. Now I actually, I, w- I was bad at being bad. I, I, had a, I had this conscience, and so I would throw a kind of a warning snowball. I was like, "I'm going to warn you what's coming," and you know, I'll throw it too early. And one time, I, I threw my warning snowball too late, and uh, and it just hit the windshield perfectly. I could have never timed that. And the other two guys, you know, got up and threw them and hit hit the side of the truck the way they had been doing all day. And uh, and that truck slammed on the brakes. And we all ran for the hills. And he pulled up into my driveway because I'm smart enough to do this right next to my house. And my mom went to the door and talked to him about it. And, uh, and she did spank me, and that's not part of the story. So let's take that out. Um... But she paid for it. She she paid for the windshield that I had broken. It had nothing to do with her. As a matter of fact, it was directly opposite of everything she had taught me to be. But she paid for it anyway. And that's what Jesus has, has done for us on the cross. We did the opposite of everything he told us to be. And he took the punishment for us. He took the blame for us. And if pride and and conceit is your problem, then you need to reflect on the the, the truth that Jesus uh, was was shamed for you. He was humiliated for you. He humiliated himself for you. He came down from heaven for you, but that wasn't enough. He was was stripped naked and spat upon publicly for you. And, And as we meditate upon that, we... We find ourselves being freed from this, from this sin. And we no longer have to try to work this, this character out of ourselves. And we don't look to ourselves to make ourselves better. And that's that's why it's so important that we understand that that trusting in Christ, putting your faith in Jesus, having a personal relationship with Jesus, whatever words you grew up learning. It's not just a technical change, it's not a judicial thing. It's it's a transformation. Whoever's in Christ is a new creation, you're different. You're different. That's why I was so bad at being bad. My neighbors weren't bad at being bad. They were really good at it. Because they weren't new creations. But I was. It wasn't part of my character. And we have to, to, I don't know, there's a million different ways of saying it, but what, what I want you to see here is when Peter is, is beckoning us to, be, to, to pull these characteristics out of us, to be better humans, to have virtue, to have excellence, he's not asking us to tack something on. He's asking us to pull something out. He's asking us to pull something out that he's put within us. Uh, when when one of my sons, you have three to guess from, uh, went to camp for the first time, Boy Scout camp, he was 11, and, uh, and you know, kind of, I mean, that's the age you join Boy Scouts, and he was, you know, 11-year-old boys are kind of pathetic. I mean, they, you know, walk around with their fly undone and their hair undone, and they're just kind of, hey! And, um and so when I, I, it was a five day camp and I went to pick him up and uh, I said, how was it? He said, I was sad. I was really sad most of the time. He said, one day I didn't even leave my tent. I, just, I just sat here and cried because all the other kids had money and they were, they were buying these really cool slap bracelets and, and things from the canteen and they bought candy and, and dad I didn't have any money. And I reached into his bag and I pulled out an envelope that was full of cash. And I said, buddy, you had it the whole time. You just never pulled it out. And, and I think that's what Jesus is saying to a lot of us. You have all the resources you need. Just open it up. And so Peter says to us, uh, be lavish with, what, with your patronage. Be lavish with how you spend, how you display what, what God has done. This word supplement, okay some of y'all are about to freak out <clears throat> I, uh, I took a pre-workout supplement this week and uh, if you know anything about those they're just jacked full of caffeine and other things and this one said on the bottle all day focus and I thought to myself they don't know me <laughs> so I took it and I went and worked out and then I went to the office And I sat behind my desk and worked for six straight hours without moving. And I got so much done that I actually went to my Greek tools and I studied this passage in the Greek. That's how much it changed me. So get ready to hear words that you haven't heard in 15 years. In the Greek, this word means patronage or patronage. And it's the word that he, they would use when, when different Greek uh, acting troops would come to town and the wealthiest person in town would, would feed this troop and, and house this troop and take care of them. And it kind of became a competition who would give them the most and who would be the most lavish upon them. And, uh, you know, same way with patronage today, right? You, you want to be lavish with your patronage because you want people to know two things, right? If you're a patron of the arts or a patron of the theater or music or of the trees in the, between the road, you know, you want your name on it because you want everybody to know that you are generous and rich. Right? You want people to know that. And yet, Jesus or Peter tells us to be that way to to not be miserly with the grace that God has given us but to be like our father and to pull these this this virtue this character out of the bag so that people know that God is gracious and he's generous and he's rich with grace and he will change them too if they want be lavish with us he uh Here we come again, ready? In the Greek, uh, the word virtue is the same as the word excellence. Now, I don't know why they did that to us. That was just mean. But it changes that text, doesn't it? Uh, uh, If you you look at the word, you know, Peter says, uh, out of his divine excellence, he's done these things. He's made us partakers of the divine nature. So go be excellent. As a child of the 80s, 80s, it's hard to say be excellent and not think of Ted and Bill. But he's telling us to go be like God. God is excellent, so go be excellent. You have the divine nature. You are partakers of the divine nature. You're like him, so go act like him. He's not asking you to do something you can't. It's, it's basically the same things that uh, Jesus says to us in the Sermon on the Mount. It, I, I think this is funny. I've always thought this was a funny section. When he says, you know, he's telling us to, to love our enemies. And he says, if you love those who love you back, big deal. Tax collectors do that. If you're generous to those who will be gen- in, so that they'll be generous back to you, if you loan your money out so that you'll get paid back with interest, sinners do that be gracious you should be like your father in heaven who makes the sun to shine on the, on the, on the good and the bad the evil and the, the righteous and he pours out he, he makes the rain to, to fall on the, the, the good and the bad you be like him because you've been transformed, because you've been made like him. And it's time for us, well, it's time for us um, to start again. The pandemic lasted longer than we thought it would, didn't it? Newsflash, it's still going on. And some of us, and I say some to give you a break, not to give me a break, some of us kind of fell on bad habits uh, during when it started. And um, you know, we drank a little more, we ate a little more, we entertained ourselves a little more. And you know, doing that for one or two months is not a great idea, but it doesn't become a habit but doing it for two and a half years it's kind of gotten to be a habit and along that same time frame we we allowed ourselves to really harden to allow our we allowed our hearts to really harden and we made peace with the fact that we hated those who disagreed with us didn't we Everybody hated those who disagreed with them on the other side of the, the aisle, and that's not like our Father in Heaven, because He is on the other side of the aisle from us. And it's time for us to to throw that that junk away and to start being excellent like He is. To start to be gracious and generous and merciful and loving to those who hate us because he was gracious and generous and merciful and loving to us when we hated him. That's why we're here. That's the one thing we all agree on. And it's time for us to to start acting like our Father in Heaven acts. And it's a funny thing that when we start to, to make this effort, when we grab hold of the pulpit and the Holy Spirit comes into us, we find that as we start to act on one grace, other graces begin to, to build. We find It's like um, if you're a child of the 70s. I wasn't really a child of the 70s, but, you know, I had toys in the 70s. I was a child in the 70s. And We had that little toy called barrel of monkeys. You remember? And there were one hand was a hook and one hand was a loop. And you, the whole point of the game was to you start pulling them out of the barrel, and you want to catch them all. You want to get them all attached. And that's what what Peter here is describing. He says your character is like a barrel of monkeys. That's what it says in the Greek. Um, when you began to to really pull your excellence out, when you begin to act like God and make an effort to do it, knowledge will come next. And we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but until then, let's, let's just try. Let's, let's do this together. Let's try. And, and remember, you're not doing it on your own, so you're not beating yourself up. But you are looking for the tools that, that God has given you. And if the tools that God has given you is, is community and uh, community groups and, and prayer and confession and fellowship and finding those who are struggling with the same things you're struggling with, we're going to use the tools he's given us to become like him. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit is going to activate within us. Uh, My wife sent me a a GIF the other day, and it was uh, this sweet woman praying with all her heart. She was just worshiping with all her heart, and she was saying, Holy Spirit, activate! Like, wonder twin powers, activate. (laughs) And uh, on one hand, it was funny, but it's actually not the worst prayer you're ever going to (laughs) pray. It's good. Maybe, maybe you need to do that, right? Maybe when uh, that person who's been picking fights with you every day comes into the office, you might need to say to yourself, Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Um, it's a good reminder that as we engage, as we try to be like Dad, He will give us the Holy Spirit that we need so that we become like him. He wants us to be like him. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, we do pray that you would come within us, that you would make us to hate the things that you hate and make us to love the things that you love. And I pray that you would renovate us. And Father in heaven, we have allowed us pets, sins to become our pets, just little things we do to make us forget about the world and forget about ourselves, and, and we know that uh, it's long after time to put those to rest. So I pray that you give us the grace to confess to one another, to pray for one another that we might be healed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.